Mm. <sighs> what? What time? It... Wait a minute. What day? Is... Oh my gosh. What day is it? Oh, uh, it. How many? Oh, I've missed. Hey guys. Um. So let's do. <laughs> What's going on here? Welcome to. That's how I roll. Um. Today's show, uh, word on the street, um, wait, it's almost Christmas. I guess we're going to do a last minute gift guide and, um, I'm going to review black orchestra because what's more festive than killing Hitler. Oh my gosh. All right. Let's, um, let me pull myself together and we'll get this thing started. Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Okay, well, um, I'm looking, let me see, what day, it's the 18th. And it's been, oh goodness, it's been a while since I've recorded. It was uh, before Thanksgiving, so I apologize for that. I've, I've got some things, boy, do I have some things to share with you guys. But uh, like I said, when I woke up there, um, I well, hey, how's it going? I'm Jeremiah. Thanks for tuning in. Sorry for the absence in shows. This is That's How I Roll. It's the show, in case you've forgotten (laughs) over the last few weeks, this is the show about the games we play and the lives we live. And boy, man, has the life I live been nothing short of hectic and stressful and a little sucky, to be honest. But it's Christmas time, so I'm also going to tell you about some last-minute shopping I think you should be doing if you have a gamer in your life. And like I said, we're going to talk about Black Orchestra, which I actually got to play a little bit, or actually I played a full game of and have been really kind of chewing over the last week or so here. So we're going to get into that. Um, but let's go ahead. Let's let's take a look at the word on the street and get this thing started. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> The word on the street. Let me just fill you guys in. (sighs) Okay, so November 22nd was the day before Thanksgiving. Now, at that time, I think I was telling you guys, hey, look, I'm in the middle of nutcracker season, which is crazy and busy. I'm like at the theater every day. Lots of rehearsal, lots of performance. It's just, it's been for the last 26 years now. It's been like the busiest week, well, two weeks of the year, just hands down. And um, so got through the first week and literally the night. So we do a show on Sunday, get home from that show and looking at Monday kind of day off. It's the one day off uh, that I get in that week, that two week run. And Sunday night, I get a call from my mom. And she's at the hospital with my dad. And he had been having some problems with his esophagus and it was hard for him to eat and things like that. And 
they did a CT scan and um, they found a mass. And so they go in and they clear it out. This is the grossest thing ever. There was like all this food like packed in and they had to like go in and scope it out and do weird things. But when they did that, they, uh, they found a tumor. So we were hoping and praying that, you know, let's let this come back as benign. It's not cancer. It's not whatever, but it is, it's cancer. And, um, so that whole, that whole Monday, I was at the hospital all day with my dad and my mom and my brother and sister. Uh, and so that just, obviously that sucks. And we still don't know how everything's playing out here. There's a lot of, they've, they've gone to like three different doctors now. They're, they're really doing their due diligence to make sure that treatment is what it should be. And it's the right amount of aggressive and things like that. And, um, so we are, I mean, we're rocked in, in the Isley household and in the Isley family. Um, here we are Christmas time. It's, it's just hard to kind of get into that mood and, and celebrate. But at the same time, we are very, very focused on just praying my dad through this and praying for a healing and, um, that's that's what that's where we're putting our our faith and our hopes. Yes, he's going to go through treatment. He's going to do the things that we should do because we are blessed and fortunate to live in an area with great hospitals and healthcare and there's just there's a lot available for him. But uh, we are we are putting our true hope and trust in Jesus and that whatever happens um, there will be healing to come here. So all of that to say in the that was in the middle of Nutcracker and then at the same time I'm doing sound design for another show I you know I spent one night in the theater till like 3 a.m. I came in one morning did work went to Nutcracker rehearsed that came back to the theater uh, where they were doing this Prancer show and programmed video and sound cues till 3 a.m back the next day at Nutcracker rehearsing more. I mean, it's just that two week span was crazy. At one point, my wife sits down. We, I just like collapse on the couch. She's like, remember when Nutcracker was the busiest thing that we had going on? And uh, so we, I survive it. I get through all of it. Really good run of Nutcracker actually. Shows went really well. I felt really good through the performances, which is uh, a feat for me, you know, I'm older than I've ever been and performing and, and, uh, being on stage gets a little more challenging as time goes on, but I felt I had a really good run. Uh, it looked, it looked great. All the other cast members were awesome. Just a, a pleasure to work with all of the people there. And then, uh, where, what, and then it's, you know, I get hit with uh, reality after that shows closes because I'm kind of done with shows. I've done with my design work. I'm, I'm producing podcasts throughout the winter, obviously. Um, but then, you know, the whole reality of my dad's situation really hit me after that. And so here we are. I couldn't even, honestly, I, I thought so many days, I'm like, I need to record. I need to get an episode out. And I just couldn't, you know, um, it was just really, really hard. So 
anyway, so here I am. Uh, my wife and I went Christmas shopping yesterday. We had a great time. She had a day left of vacation she had to use before the end of the year. She used it. We sent uh, the baby to the babysitter to, to grandparents. Boys were at school. We spent the whole day Christmas shopping, and it was a great time. Her and I just had a blast running around, shopping, finding things for people that we we know and we love and we think that they'll love. So um, I don't know. People get stressed out Christmas shopping. I I enjoy it. I actually... I had fun yesterday. It was the kind of the first really fun thing I've done um, for this Christmas season. So there it is. There's a really long word on the street segment. But I say all that to say, in the midst of craziness, in the midst of crap, in the midst of bad news, in the midst of good news, um, we're still celebrating this year. Because to me and to my family and to millions of Christians across the world. This time is not just about the presence. It's not just about uh, hopefully getting what you want or hustle bustle. You got to get everything and make it perfect. Uh, It's about recognizing it's a time of year when God looked down and said, you guys are worth saving. Now, wherever you are in life, Whatever you believe, whatever you've done in your past, God looked down and he said, you're worth saving. And he sent his son to save us. And so that, whatever you're going through right now, that is worth celebrating. And so we're celebrating this year because of that. And, um, and you know, honestly, games are a part of that. I had this last weekend, um, my boys and I played some games together. They took some games to my parents' house and played with them. Uh, we just, we had a great time uh, playing some games here and there. My wife and I went to a casino night for her work office Christmas party. And so I got the game there it was not typical, you know, Euro style board games, but I played some Texas Hold'em and some blackjack and roulette with all, you know, play money. But uh, so it was just, you know, bringing it back to gaming, it's always fun to spend time with people that you love around a table and just share a moment with them where there's no distractions. There's no TV screens, no phone screens. Um, you get to spend time with the people that matter most and, and do the things that matter most. So with that being said, it is getting late in the season And I'm going to talk about some last minute shopping ideas and just give you a little, a little primer here. If you're looking for a last minute gift guide or uh, suggestion, I think that's the word I'm looking for. (laughs) So let's do that right now. If anybody's looking for a gift for me, I'd love a case of Kleenex to keep in my my studio because uh, I'm out <laughs> and it is the season to have a stuffed up nose. So anyway, <laughs> here it is. Here's my last minute gift guide. I'm going to go through these somewhat quickly because most of them, well, okay, here's the here's what I did. I some of them are games that I really really like and I think everybody should own. Some of them are Well, let's see. Well, one of them is a game that I wish I owned and I think everybody should own. And then, um, yeah, so let's just jump into this thing and 
Merry Christmas, everyone. Here we go. So first up is Everdell from Starling Games. Now listen, um, Everdell, everybody, everybody keeps saying, oh, Everdell's gorgeous. Look at those components. Look at that tree. Oh, that is such a pretty game. I wonder if it's any good. Meanwhile, people give ugly games a bad name because it's an ugly game. Who wants to play that piece of crap, right? So listen, Everdell plays as good as it looks. It's a wonderful game. It is a worker placement game. It's a tableau building game. It's thematic. It is... And here, just just before you even think about it, get the collector's edition. The upgraded components are fantastic. This game knocks it out of the park on all fronts. I love it. Go get it. Put the ever tree under your Christmas tree on the 25th. All right. So, or somebody who loves games, put it under their, their Christmas tree or buy it for yourself. I don't care. It's just make sure you have it in your collection. All right. There it is. Okay. Next up. It's the one game I don't own. It's the one game I wish I did. Well, there's a lot of games I don't own, but it's the one on the list that I don't own. And it's Gloomhaven. Now, here's the thing with Gloomhaven. Just get it. Okay. It's like 130 bucks, but you're going to have, there's like an out, like a hundred different adventures or like sessions that you can play. Super awesome legacy characters that come and go and you can retire and play new characters. It just, it has it all. I really want this game in a bad, bad way. And on top of that, I really want this game and I want the time to play through a bunch of it. Whether I get through the end, probably take me a couple years at least, but I'd love to have the time to to really kind of dig into this and enjoy it and enjoy the play, the, the characters and enjoy the people I play with. But um, Gloomhaven is one of the hottest games of the last few years. And if you don't have it like me, hopefully you'll get it for Christmas or you'll buy it for somebody that you really love and care about for Christmas. Because why wouldn't you? Next up is a two-player game. I went from a game that's going to take you hundreds of hours to finish to a game that takes about 10 minutes or less, depending on how you play. This one is Hanamakoji from Deep Water Games. Man, I love this game. My wife and I play this game, and I played it with my kids. I played it with gamers. Little action selection game. Each player has four actions they can take each round. Placing cards, trying to basically like area control, like win the favor of these uh, geishas. Man, this game is so good. And it nobody's talking about it. I don't know why nobody's talking about this game because it is fantastic. So... um plays in like literally 10 to 15 minutes can play up basically up to three rounds. And I, I can't say enough good about Hanamakoji. So go check it out. I will try. I, I should be able to put, I'll drop links to all of these in, uh, in the show notes too. So you can check it out there. Next up is dungeon Raiders, the second edition. So Devere games a while ago, 
like five years ago, released this game. They published this game called Dungeon Raiders. And I got a hold of a copy at Origins, I don't know, two, three years ago, something like that. I wasn't even there to look at the game. I was there looking at Sherlock or or Holmes, Sherlock and Mycroft, which is a two-player game. Really fun game, too. And uh, my buddy AJ and our buddy Steve Hose was over at a different table in their booth checking out Dungeon Raiders. He's like, you should check that game out. And so I didn't get a chance to, but I went back later that day and they gave me a review copy of, of Holmes. And I said, hey, how about Dungeon Raiders? Do you want me to take a look at that? I've heard it's really good. And they're like, eh, it's kind of old, but sure, here, take a, you know, have a copy. I took it home and I was like, this, this game's really fun. The, the setup's clunky. The components could use some work. I hate sliding cards to keep track of money. You know, uh, there's some things that could that could be spiffed up about it, but at its core, there's a fun game here. Well, lo and behold, this year, 2018 was the year that they came back with this game. They they took care of everything that needed some work, right? They spiffed up the artwork. They put coin tokens in the game for keeping track of your money instead of these cards. They cleaned up entirely the way you do the setup of the game and the way that you set up these five rooms, these five levels of the dungeon. Oh my gosh. It is so, I thought, Hey, this game is really, really good. It is so great. Now I love this game. You will too. It's, it plays, I think it's up to six players. So you can play it kind of with a larger group, which is a lot of fun. So much like just backstabbing and so much like you need people to help you but you also need to backstab them. So there's all this really fun social aspect to the game and how the game works. You will love this game. I, I, oh man, this is one of my favorite ones. So check it out. Dungeon Raiders. Go check it out. And rounding out the list, I had to put a Christmas movie. (laughs) I had to put a Christmas themed game in on the list because it's Christmas. You get a game on Christmas, you will play it. So like if it's a Christmas themed game, that's great. Now there's some really good ones out there, like 12 days from Calliope and holiday flux from, uh, from Looney labs, which actually has like cool cards that are only active if you're playing it on Christmas. So like those are very good too. So there's a little honorable mention here, but the latest one that is, fun and we played it a bunch of times over the weekend is roll for your life candy man it's a fun little dice roller everybody has these punch out guys i reviewed this one was it last time last episode it's i've reviewed it recently so you can go back and listen to it but it's just a fun raucous roll dice grab a candy cane steal body parts from a a gingerbread man of your opponent's and score points for all the body parts that you have in your pile. There's the game. Like, that's it, right? So, uh, but it's just, it's fun. It's super casual. Anybody can play. You can laugh the whole time. You can talk the whole time. There's nothing over cumbersome about this game. It's just a lot, a lot of fun. And uh, I really enjoy it. So there it is. That is my last minute gift guide. If you need to go get a gift for somebody in your life that's a gamer, I just gave you a quick hitting, really good good chunk of games there across the spectrum of casual to deep, deep, heavy gamer type game. 
And uh, you can go check that out. Also, go to theologyofgames.com. We are posting our last-minute gift guide there. Uh, you'll be able to... Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes as well. You'll be able to go there and see my picks. I picked some extra ones to put on it, as well as Scott Firestone and AJ Skiff's dad, the other two dudes of Theology of Games, who um, will put in their picks for that as well. So you can get some more ideas for last-minute games and uh, uh, gift ideas. Whoa! Hey, everyone, look! It's time for another drive-by review. All right, so like I said, we're going to kill Hitler. Because what would make the season more merry and bright than assassinating one of the most evil forces of evil? Is that right? Uh, in history. So, Black Orchestra, if you don't know anything about this game, it is uh, it's a co op game. The box says it plays in about 90 minutes. Truth be told, when we first played it, it was about two and a half hours. We had a pretty good grasp on the rules, but we just found ourselves like little things here and there going, oh, we need to check it out. So buyer beware if you don't have a lot of time. This this is a pretty involved game. Now, I think the more we play it, the less that, that time is going to shrink. Obviously, we have a better idea of how we want to approach the game and also how the game is mechanically played, how it works. But the game is you and your friends are playing as either German citizens or German military personnel who are deci- have decided to conspire together and kill Hitler. You're done. You've seen enough. The writing is on the wall, and you want to um, you want to you want to off him now. I believe, what's the movie with Tom Cruise? Uh, Valkyrie. So Valkyrie is this movie that's kind of based on these characters, these historical characters who tried to kill Hitler. And of course they didn't succeed, uh, history tells us. But uh, these, these events happened and the way the game plays, I'll tell you about it as we go, but there are things that actually happened historically that are a part of the game and how it flows and how it moves, which is to me very, very cool and just uh, pretty fascinating. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, okay, so here's here's the gameplay. You you would expect the turn flow to kind of be what it is, right? So you have three actions on your turn, and you also after you do your three actions. You draw from an event deck. It's basically the game taking its turn. So things happen when you do this, like uh, Hitler will move or his his lieutenants, you know, his high up guys will all take turns moving around and they're all on the on the board. The board is a map of of Europe, basically. Right. So and it kind of starts in in these phases. There's seven different phases of the game where when you're in the first phase, all the number, all the cities that are marked with a one, those are the only ones that can be moved to. And then it expands and expands and expands as you go through these, these packs of cards with these event cards. So you do your move. 
Um, then you draw an event card, which is the game playing its turn. It They move. Sometimes bad things happen. Um, on your player board, everybody has a motivation track and everybody has a uh, suspicion track. And then you can also carry some items. As you move up your motivation, you move from timid to reckless. Uh, you have to get to like committed level before you can actually attempt an assassination. The But there's also each player... Uh, character has some special abilities that kind of come into play as that moves up. So as you take your turn, you would the the things are pretty pretty basic. Like move, uh, reveal an item. All the cities have items on them that are face down, and you can flip it over. That's an action. You can pick it up. That's an action. Uh, you can move, like I said, or you can you can try to make a. Uh, make an attempt at an assassination or one of the coolest mechanisms I've seen in a co-op game, you can conspire. Now conspiring is taking three dice, right? So each die that you roll takes an action. So if you take three dice and roll them, that's your three actions that you get for the turn, but you can roll those and there are numbers on some of the sides. And those numbers represent actions that you get. So you can actually get up to nine actions if you rolled all threes. Or there's a a black eagle, like the military symbol for uh, the Nazi army. That raises your suspicion. Or uh, there's a target on there, which goes into this three-spaced dissension track. And when you hit the three, fill that up, uh, you can raise your motivation or there's another thing that it does, which is escaping me at the moment, but it's good things when you can fill that up. So that's kind of a cool thing. You can kind of gamble your turn. It's it's risky to conspire, right? So you may just jack up your suspicion, and which makes it harder for you to do things. Uh, or if you are at full suspicion and you flip over an event card and it's a uh, it's a a raid, then you can get arrested. So risky to conspire, but there's a big payoff if you do it well, because you can, um, you can do more actions, which gives you a better chance to, a better chance to win. So that's how the player turns work. Uh, one of the other actions you can do is you can draw a card and some of the cards have, um, illegal items that are like extra weapons some of the cards are plots, which tell you which items you need to achieve an assassination attempt. Um, and then uh, there's other things, just uh, abilities that'll let you do kind of one-time things, things like that. So that is, that's how the game works on the player side, right? You, you do your actions, you can conspire, and then you try to make assassination attempts. Assassination attempts are basically dice rolls. Uh, each item that you have on on the plot card gives you a die to roll. And then there are cards that let you add more dice to your roll. And you basically have to roll a number of targets equal to... There's a little track on the board that is Hitler's military backing. So if it's at three or four, you have to roll three or four targets. It can get all the way up to seven, which makes it super, super difficult. Now, there are cards and there are things that you can do to lower his 
his military backing. And there's even some events that happen that lower that backing as well. So uh, the game works in that. You're kind of trying to manage that. You're trying to manage your suspicion. You're trying to keep your motivation high. You're trying to find items. You're trying to make sure that Hitler stays in certain areas so that you can make this assassination attempt. Everybody's working together to make that happen. It's very tough. It's a tough, tough co-op game. We played it on normal mode. There's a hard mode and an easy mode. We played it right down the middle, and it took us a while. We actually succeeded. I didn't think we were going to, but it was very close. Um, you can you can lose the game if everybody gets arrested, and if you go through all seven phases, and basically the game has taken all of its turns. Once you you draw all those event cards, game over. So it is. Um, that's how the game works. And here are. Here are my thoughts. My thoughts are, man, this game is fun. <laughs> so the cool thing is, is as those events happen with those those event cards and the game takes its turn, the places that Hitler moves to and the places that his lieutenants move to and the things that it, they represent are all historical and they all happen chronologically. Uh, my buddy Sipos, who was playing with us, he was like, oh yeah, so next he's going to go to the Eastern Front and this and that. And sure enough, boom, boom, boom. Like we knew kind of ahead because, you know, Sipos really is up on the history of the war and kind of knows a lot about it. So that was really cool. Um, I really enjoyed that about it. The theme is very immersive in this game because you're trying to get your motivation up. You're trying to kind of get your nerve up to do this attempt to, to kill Hitler. Uh, you're trying to not be suspicious while you're doing it. It, it was really fun uh, the way it was designed and developed to kind of really pull you into that theme. I will say, you know, we got two hours into this thing and we're like, oh, let's just let's just kill him. Like, let's just do this. Come on. It, it, it got a bit laborious. And I think, like I said, I think that was a little bit of our learning curve. Um, if, if we'd had the rules, maybe a little tighter, we would have kept that time down and we would have been able to kind of keep it in that 90 minute frame, which I think is a great length for the game. I think if you play it in that amount of time and whether you win or lose, the game hasn't overstayed its welcome. So I think, once we play it a few more times, we'll be in that space, and that's going to be great. This game, I, I really liked the the unique way it approached co-op. When I saw the board come out, I was like, is this a pandemic copy? Like, are we going to just try to not spread Nazi ideology across the map or, you know, are we going to try to not have these outbreaks of anti-Semitism or like, are they just theming pandemic in a, in a world war two European setting? And they are not, they are categorically not. It is all about conspiring and gathering weapons and then going in and trying to kill Hitler and it very much feels like that. It very much plays like that. I really enjoyed this game. I I love co-op games as it is, um, but I've seen a lot of the same sort of rehashing of mechanics, 
and this one isn't it. Philip Dewberry is the designer of it, and he did a great, great job with it. And the historical research side of it alone is just so impressive and so intriguing. I I really like this game. I think you will too. I highly recommend it. And uh, I can't wait to see what else they do with the game. I know there's not a lot. I know there's been a few small expansions that have come out, but um, the game is really tight as it is. So check it out. Black Orchestra from Starling Games. I think you're going to dig it. Oh my gosh, I forgot to tell you the important things. 12 Days of Christmas is happening now. Go to theologyofgames.com. There's a cool landing page there. You can click on a button. It'll take you right to the contest where you can go and enter and all that stuff. See all the prizes. We're right in the middle of it. We're on day six right now. Go check it out. Go get in on it. You want some of these prizes. I guarantee it. You're going to love them. So check them out. Do that right now. Of course, we're still on Patreon. We'd love your support there. By all means, check it out there. Be a part of what we do. We really, really appreciate it. What else do I need to tell you? Don't forget, call into the show 216-352-3864. And here's what I'm going to do. Coming up, New Year's is coming up. So Tell me your gaming goals of the year, your New Year's resolution for your gaming. Let me know. Call up and tell me. We'll put you on the show. It'll be super awesome. So do that. And uh, what else do I have to say? Um, Just don't forget, if you're listening, wherever you're listening, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher, Spotify, whatever it is, man, giving, giving those five stars, clicking that five star rating, writing a little review, sharing the show, all of those things are like gold. It's like it's like saying, Jeremiah, I want you to have this big bar of gold and it, this is all for you. All, and that's all you have to do is just click five stars, write a little review. It's amazing. It's so cool. So uh, <laughs> that just shows you how desperate I am, are, am for those. No, but seriously, that all that stuff really, really helps. It helps other people find the show. It helps us um, just kind of stay relevant in the podcasting world. And I really appreciate it. So that's all I've got for now. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for all the support over these years of podcasting. Really appreciate it. And I wish you and yours a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll be back next week with your New Year's resolutions. So check it out. But until then, I'm Jeremiah Isley, and that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, and drive safe.